It is 7.07 on your Wednesday evening, and it's a warm one. It's a sunny one. It's a beauty. We're into the first week of September. The kiddies are back in school, and hopefully you're back at the job and you still have one. If things have gone awry, this is the show you want to call tonight. And every week, by the way, here in the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That number, as always, is absolutely toll-free. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll try to get some emails as we uh, continue on through the show here tonight and uh, as always uh, you want to call in get your uh, get your two cents and we'd love to talk to you this evening as we as we carry on brother Leora, we got uh, a couple uh work the week that was cases i'm sure you want to talk about how are you pal hey john i'm doing great i'm uh, i always say that september to november and then uh, january to march are always mm-hmm. the busiest time uh busiest times for an employment lawyer and the reason for that is that's when employers often make changes uh, towards the end of the year, beginning of the year, uh, they make changes, re- they restructure, they realign, reposition, whatever adjective you want to use. Uh, that's what employers often do this time of year. So what that means is that some people are going to find themselves with different jobs or without a job, unfortunately, even though they may not have done anything wrong. So it's so important to know your legal rights, to know what you're owed if something like that happens. If you're put a letter with a different job description in front of you. What do you do? How do you respond? And that's what we tackle on this show every single time we're on the air. So tune in. We're going to give a lot of hopefully helpful uh, pieces of advice as we do every week, and we want to answer questions. It's a call-in show, so call yes. us right now. Let's talk about your workplace problems or the workplace problems of your friends, your mom, uh, or whoever else, and, and let's solve those problems because most problems, almost all problems, have solutions. And to get us uh, ready and uh, and warmed up for uh, for the show, as you said, John, week there was a couple of situations that I've uh, dealt with over the past uh, few days. Uh, first matter started for me like a, an, a regular severance review. I met with a, a gentleman who lost his job. Uh, he had only been working for the company for six months, although he was in a senior position. And now he uh, was really only offered one week's pay. I assessed them based on the information that I had right off the bat as being owed three months pay. So right out, right away, uh, I thought, okay, well, he's owed a heck of a lot more than the one week pay. Well, but then as I continued talking to him, I found out something else. I found out that he had previously worked for the company for five years. He quit for about uh, a year, and then they convinced him to come back to work, and then he worked for another six months. They let him go. Uh, so. So the question then became, wait a second, should he get credit for those five years that he worked before when it came to his severance? Well, because of the fact, John, that they came to him, they convinced him to return. They never treated him like a new employee when he came back. Well, because of that, the law would say, well, now if if you've wanted an employee with five years seniority, you got an employee with five years seniority, and you have to treat him like that when it comes to severance. So not only was his severance offer inadequate as a six-month employee, it was that much worse as a five-and-a-half-year employee. I actually assessed him now as being owed around seven or eight months of severance instead of the one week's pay that uh, he got. So I wanted to bring this up now because in many cases, people may find that they have more seniority than they appreciate and they realize. There may be a gap in service. There may be a sale of a business that they carried service with it. So don't assume that uh, just your latest uh, stretch of service counts when it comes to your severance. Oftentimes you get more credit than that, 
and that can make a huge difference when it comes, John, to calculating the amount of severance. Is that something the employer could have avoided had it been in an employment contract? Yeah, John, you're learning. My gosh. Hey, uh, I'm there. I'm right there. <laughs> you, you are. Five years ago, John, you, you would have had no clue what this actually means. But no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, because uh, what the employer could have done when they brought this person back is have him sign an employment agreement saying, you're a new employee, we're not recognizing any of your past service, and then problem solved. They did not do that. So now they carry that liability. So an employment agreement would have been very helpful for the company. So you know, depending on whether I'm wearing my employee hat or my employer hat, an, employer, an employment agreement can be very good, again, for the employer, very bad for the employee. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk As Lior said, it's a call-in show. We'd love to talk to you tonight. Uh, what else uh, What else you got going on? So I spoke with a, a truck driver that uh, found himself in an uncomfortable situation. Apparently, the, the vehicle that he was driving, the, the, the truck, had some uh, faulty brakes, and, and they were kind of getting worse. And at one point, he said to the to the owner of the company, I can't drive this this truck anymore. Uh, it's unsafe. The brakes are, are, are bad. This is a big vehicle. I'm not doing it. Well, they, they tried to convince him, and when he said no, they fired him. They said, then, this is disobedience. Uh, you're not doing what the, we're telling you to do, so you're out of here. Uh, don't come back. He called me, obviously very upset and wanting to know what his rights were. Well, here's the thing, John. You Obviously, you and every employee has a right to refuse unsafe work. Even if you don't know for a fact that it's unsafe, if you believe, if you have an honest belief that it's unsafe, you can refuse work and you cannot be punished. You cannot be penalized. You cannot be fired right. for doing that. Not only that, the company has to investigate and if necessary bring in the ministry of labor to investigate uh and, and they cannot punish you in any way so what did this employer do they fired him because he was he had a legitimate safety concerns that's illegal so not only is this not cause for dismissal not only do they own severance of course they do and it's mm -hmm. going to be significant there's going to be potential other liability and other uh, exp expenses here that the company is going to have to pay because of, uh, of this illegal conduct re uh, reprisal, it's illegal. So the message here, and that's why I wanted to bring this up, is you have a right. It's one of the most basic rights that employees have. You have the right to refuse unsafe work, and no one can punish you in any way for doing that. Questions, comments, of course, tonight for the remainder of the evening till around 10 to 8. Bring them on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That is uh, toll-free. As you know, Matt, first call of the night. How are you, pal? Good. Good. What's uh, what's going on in your world? Uh, just wondering about um, our company is going to be implementing a multi-factor authentication to access our servers remotely, which means we have to use our personal cell phone and an access book is sent to that, and then we have to enter that code in. Wondering if that's the so, Matt, I, I had a hard time hearing you. I don't know, John, if you had better luck than me, but I, I didn't really understand what the company is doing. I think it's a bad connection. They're accessing your – they're using your cell phones? They're accessing your phone? Yeah, they send a code to it, and then you have to use that code to log in. Okay. So, so what's the problem with that? Do, do, we have, like, do we absolutely have to use our personal property? Well, I, I mean – 
the 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 reason you wouldn't is if there was again a reason. Maybe if it's a, something that would cost you money, or if there was a safety issue, you know, maybe a, uh, a data safety issue. Uh, there would have to be a reason. If it imposes an obligation on you that's onerous, an obligation on you that's unfair, that, that's costing you without being compensated, then you absolutely can say no. If it's just a convenience thing, then it's probably not a big deal and it would probably be not something that you can say no to. So you would have to have a, a reason as to how this is making your life worse or, or difficult or dangerous in order to be able to say no. Yeah, and again, it, it's probably this, this, there may be a better way for them to do what they're trying to do, but unless it imposes a, a hardship on you, then it's not something that the law is kind of going to intervene and, and prevent them from doing. Uh, so you may want to talk to them and, and say, you know, is there a better way of going about things? But probably not something that would allow you to refuse because if you do in that situation, there may be some, some disip disciplinary consequences. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, using your own cell phone to log into whatever program or whatever it is Matt is talking about is one thing. I guess it's a different issue. Like, I think we had last week a caller talking about driver-facing cameras that are going to be installed in the phones and, or at least in the trucks in his workplace. That's a little different, no? Oh, yeah. No, that, that, is, that is a privacy thing. You know, you, you have a right to some privacy when you work, uh, and, and that would be inappropriate. So, yeah, we, and then we've dealt with this also be, another uh, times on the show where an employer want to, wanting to record or wanting to uh, right. tape, and there, there are limits to what the employer can do. But in terms of using your own phone, your own device, again, unless there's a problem with that, uh, that, you know, maybe there's, a, like I said, a data safety issue that you're somehow compromising the information on your phone, uh, fine, in which case you may be in the right to say no. Otherwise, probably not a big deal. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk That number is toll-free. We'd love to talk to you with your questions, concerns, or comments. For the uh, remainder of this Employment Hour, the Wednesday night edition, reminding you as well, you got the Employment Hour in 30. That happens on Global TV and CTV as well on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Uh, severance Pay Calculator, want to mention this before we go too much further, right? SeverancePayCalculator.com. I, I started off at the top of the show by talking about changes and sometimes people finding themselves victims of these changes uh, and out of a job even though they've done nothing wrong. Well, if that unfortunate situation happens to you, the very first place you go to is SeverancePayCalculator.com uh, because it allows you to find out in seconds how much you're actually owed. Not the week's pay that they've offered or the two weeks per year that your employer may have offered, all of which is wrong, the actual amount, what the law says, your common law entitlements. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you answer the three questions, what is your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out how much you're owed. No one asks for your name or your company's name or, or your address or your phone number. It's free. It's anonymous. It's easy to use. It takes seconds, which means there's absolutely no excuse not to use it. There's no excuse not to find out what you're owed. Uh, and, and accepting less is such a terrible situation. We've talked to dozens and dozens of people on the show, and I've talked to hundreds of people in the office that call me when it's too late. Once they've accepted the offer and they realized, holy cow, I was owed another $50,000 in severance. At that point, it's brutal. It's too late. Don't let that happen to you. SeverancePayCalculator.com. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Want to slip in another call here as we, uh, as we carry on. Josh, thanks for calling in. How are you? 
Good. How are you doing? Good, pal. What's going on with you? Not much. Uh, I've got a question about trades. Uh, some trades are uh, mandatory that you're going to school in order to complete your, your apprenticeship. Um, your employer has to lay you off in order for you to go to school to get unemployment while you're uh, at school. Now, the question for me is, uh, what happens if you uh, don't get hired back by the employer uh, thinking or he was telling you that he was going to hire you back and then after your two months of school is complete, uh, he doesn't want to hire you back. Does he owe you severance or is that kind of a legal loophole for him to be able to get away with uh, laying you off without severance? Excellent question, Josh. And so it comes down to what the agreement was before the, the person went off uh, on the layoff. If the agreement was, yes, you, you're going to be laid off, you're going to go to school, and when you come back, you have a job with me, then the law is going to deem the employment to be continuous, that you're really just taking a break from your job, which means if they don't bring you back, that's a termination, and they owe you severance. On the other hand, if the idea was, okay, call me after, and we'll see where we are, well, at that point, there's no guarantee. The job is not necessarily continuous, so they don't owe you anything. So the employee here would have to establish that the employer essentially guaranteed the job after and then changed their mind. Uh, so if the employer, if the employee can't prove that, then it may be tough to get severance. But yes, in the scenario where the, the company says, yes, you have a job here when you're done, and then that turns out to be wrong, yes, there would have to be severance paid at that point. Awesome. Okay, thank you very much, sir. No problem. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. Uh, moving forward, you need to uh, talk to Lior or a member of the team. Uh, further, no problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the uh, the phone number and help at employmenthour dot com. I see you there, Jeffrey. Hang on the line. We'll get to you and your calls as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That is toll free. Employment Hour continues right here on Global News Radio. Yeah, that number works indeed, and one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free to uh, to call in tonight, get your questions answered. We'd love to talk to you. I'll get to, uh, to Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey, thanks for hanging in. How are you? Good, thank you. So I'm just curious, I was listening to the show, and you were talking about the employee's right to safety, and I'm, I'm thinking from an employer's standpoint, is there any uh, reasonable test? I mean, the way you made it sound is if a employee feels that something's unsafe. So, for example, we have a warehouse with skids. I mean, can, I, can an employee just look at a skid and go, I don't think that's safe. I don't want to move it. And then I'm obligated to call in the uh, safety, uh, whatever the, the ministry you were saying, Ministry of Labor, to, to prove that it's safe kind of thing. Like, to, is there some litmus test or something, for lack of a better word? Very, very good question, uh, Jeffrey. And, and it is actually a tough situation for an employer. The employee has to have a, a good faith belief that the work is unsafe. Now, the problem for you as the employer is, well, how do I know if they're just making it up because they're lazy or they honestly have a good faith belief? Uh, and, and that's a problem, and, and you don't know. Now, in some situations, it may be very obvious where it's like, okay, they're, they're saying that this uh, particular piece of equipment is blue and, and, and blue is the unsafe color. You know, something that's ridiculous, you can say, yeah, that's not good faith, so we're not going to follow through on this. In most cases, if, you, if it's possible that they have a good faith belief, you have to go through the process. And the way the process works is, as a first step, you, the employer, have to investigate uh, and determine whether the work is safe or not. If you determine that the work is safe and the employee still refuses, 
that's when you have to call in the Ministry of Labor. And, and then the Ministry of Labor inspects and determines uh, what gives. Now, what you are able to do is you are able to, uh, to have someone else do the work in the meantime. Uh, so there's something you could do there. But for now, other than that, you, if someone raises what could be a potential uh, health and safety risk, even if it may not turn out to be, you can't punish them for that uh, unless you know for a fact that it's bad faith. And how many times do you, would you, I mean, just arbitrarily have to deal with this thing with the same person if you, if they're being obstructionist and it just turns out to never be, you know, it's not a safety issue. So at what point, I don't know, can you consider that uh, the opposite of a wrongful dis- a cause for separation? Right, right. Uh, a cause or termination for cause. cause. Termination, yeah, yeah. Every case obviously is different, and, and it would have to be based on the unique facts of the of the case. If you have a a person that every uh, Wednesday says that uh, the same skid is unsafe, even though it's been tested and approved, and, and it happens over again, at some point you're going to determine that it's bad faith. Now, how many times does he have to do that? It really does depend. Is it uh, how often did it happen? Uh, is it the same uh, uh, same type of equipment? Is there some is there a reason or did something change? But if it's clear at some point, if it becomes clear that someone is just doing it to obstruct, and if you if you're reasonably confident and you can show that there's no possible basis for them to actually be legitimate, legitimately concerned about safety, yes, you may be able to terminate. But you, I would advise to err on the side of caution here. You have to be pretty darn sure that the employee is doing this just to to cause problems. Uh, if you're not sure, err on the side of caution. If you err on the side of caution, you'll never go wrong. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate that. Uh, any more information, one 821 5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior and his team or help at employmenthour.com. Get to uh, to John. Hey, John, good evening. How are you? Good, brother. What's going on? Uh, not too much. I just wanted to ask if um, your guest, uh, can, your host there, sorry, could uh, give me some information on rights and possibilities when a company is going to move or relocate like they're not closing down but they are going to move so is there a certain distances in which they have to uh great question right yep. or anything along those lines can they move you know 500 kilometers away and you just have to go with them or awesome. on that type of- a- excellent question and, and it comes down to how does this impact the employee so some, if, if uh, the company moves, there may be employees that that could be a good thing for them because now they're actually going to be closer to home. So guess what? My commute, instead of being half hour, is now five minutes. So that could be a good thing for me. Uh, so the fact that they've moved may not impact me, and, and, and I can't do anything about that. But it may impact you negatively. For you, instead of a half hour commute, you're now commuting an hour and a half. So it's a question of how much does it impact you. It's not about kilometers so much. Is about how much does it, how much time, extra time, are you going to spend every day, every week commuting? So you know, I would say if if uh, if you're spending an extra, I don't know, 45 minutes kind of each way commuting, that probably uh, is you know that's an hour and a half a day. It adds up very quickly over a week, over a month, over a year then that would be the type of change that the company can't impose on you, which means you may be able to say, no, you're not going to, I'm not going to do that, and I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal. That means that they still have to pay you severance, even though you're the one that chooses to leave. You mentioned something like 500 kilometers. I mean, that's a no-brainer. If it's a change that big, you would never have the legal obligation 
to to move with the company if you choose not to. But I would say anytime you're looking at an extra hour plus a day, anytime, that is going to become a big deal. That's going to be the type of change, uh, John, that could result in a constructive dismissal. Is this something that's happened to you recently? No, not yet. Not yet. They haven't. Uh, they will move, but there hasn't been an announcement as to where. So right. Let's, I'm <laughs> forward planning here and thinking. So my best advice is when you know, uh, I mean, if it's the type of change that makes you happy, then, hey, you don't need to talk to me, then life's good. If it's the type of change that's going to impact you negatively, before you do anything, before you tell them yes or no, call me. Let's talk about that specific situation and let's decide together whether that's the type of uh, move that could result in a constructive dismissal. Excellent. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Here is that number, uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, one 821 5900 or simply help at employmenthour.com. We have a list. We always have a list. We work from a list, and one we have for tonight, brother, is workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself, and here's how to do it. The first one I want to get to, because these kind of go along with the questions you get every weekend. I know you get questions at the firm about these very points. So I know you'll want to break this down to things you can possibly do on your own in the workplace, right? Yeah, and then one of the first questions I always get is, you know, here's my situation. Do I need a lawyer? Do I need to get someone involved? And sometimes the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, sometimes the answer is, well, no, you actually may not need a lawyer. You may be able to try to deal with it yourself. So one of, what we want to do is list a couple of those situations, a few of those situations where if you're facing a, this type of problem, you may be able to deal with it yourself. You may be able to get it resolved favorably. So we want to talk about that and how you go about doing it. I want to take a, tackle a big one right off the top of the list, and that would be harassment by a boss or a colleague, right? I always say that when you're being harassed, uh, mistreated, uh, the the first thing you want to do is try to resolve it on your own. Now, let's, let's be very clear. Every employee has a right to be in a workplace that's free from harassment. That's a very basic right, and it's a right that should never be taken away from you. You shouldn't be mistreated by your boss, by a colleague, put down, threatened, mocked. None of that is appropriate. But what I always say, if you do find yourself in that situation, try to resolve it on your own. And how do you do that? Well, you have to find someone to speak to, ideally a, a human resource person. If there's no human resource, an, an owner, a manager, someone in a position of authority, tell them what happens, what, what happened and give them the opportunity to resolve it, to fix the problem, to investigate and take measures. Mm-hmm. Companies are starting to understand that workplace harassment is a big deal and companies are getting better in dealing with these issues and, and understanding that they can't ignore them. So you may find that if you go and speak honestly to the, let's say, the human resource manager, that a proper investigation is going to be conducted, that measures are going to be taken to make sure that the problem gets resolved, and that could be the perfect solution for you. So the problem that you were facing could hopefully go away. But even if it doesn't solve the problem, even if the problem still remains, by virtue of you trying to resolve it on your own, you may be better in a better position later on when you do have to involve me, when you do have to involve a lawyer. So when it comes to workplace harassment, mistreatment, boss, coworker, always a good idea to try to deal with it on your own and give the company the opportunity to fix that problem. Still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions here on the remaining uh, minutes of the show, right till around 10 to 8, 416-870-6400. And star 640 on cell, the other option is one 888 talk That number is toll free. Talking about workplace problems, you can try and resolve 
on your own. Here's how you do it. Uh, we'll give you the uh, the keys, <laughs> the the notes, the Coles notes, if you will. How about overtime issues? Is that there as well? Overtime issues uh, happen often, and an employer not paying overtime when it needs to, an employer not calculating overtime uh, properly. And I always say that before you jump into you know, getting a, a lawyer involved or even going to the Ministry of Labor, try to deal with it on your own. So, so let's kind of as a refresher remind everyone that for most people, overtime is paid for any hours worked over 44 hours a week. Doesn't matter if you're on salary or hourly employee, you get overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. Anything over 44 is time and a half. So uh, employers sometimes get this wrong. And employers sometimes may say, well, uh, I didn't ask you to work the overtime, so I'm not going to pay it. Or you're a salary employee, so you don't get overtime. Both of these things are wrong. So if you have an employer that, that doesn't pay overtime, speak to that employer. And, and here's what you want to do. The Ministry of Labor actually has a very nice handy guide online that talks about overtime. Print a copy. Show it to your employer. That may solve the problem right there. When they read that, then they realize, oh, I didn't know I actually had to pay that overtime. I didn't know I had to pay overtime even if I didn't formally approve the overtime. I didn't know I had to pay it even though you're on salary. That could resolve it very, very easily, and you can chalk it up for a misunderstanding or a lack of knowledge, and you can move forward. Obviously, once you get legal, so to speak, either it's with me or through the Ministry of Labor in this situation, uh, things can get more uncomfortable in the workplace. So when it comes to overtime, unpaid overtime, there's an opportunity there to try to educate your employer on his or her obligations uh, and resolve it. And if that still doesn't work, then, then that's the point to kind of, quote unquote, get legal. Talking about the things you can try and resolve on your own in the workplace, another one up is a change to your hours or even your days of work, right? Yes, uh, and when, when an employer changes your, your shift, uh, obviously that's not something your employer is allowed to do. Uh, they reduce your hours of work, they change your days of work. Any of those changes are, are, are a big deal. But I think that in most cases, the company may not even appreciate the impact on the employee. So there's an opportunity there to have a nice, frank, open discussion with the company explaining why it impacts you. You know, If you're going to reduce my hours from 40 to 30, I'm not going to be able to make a living and I can't continue working. Or if you're going to change those days of work that I'm working, I'm not going to be able to pick up my kids, so I can't do that. Right. Many times employers may be quite understanding, so there's an opportunity there to have that discussion with the employer and to try to resolve it that way. And here's the other thing. If you do that and the employer still says, well, too bad, so sad, we're doing it anyway, at that point it could be a constructive dismissal. But by virtue of you trying to give the company the opportunity to resolve it, by virtue of you trying to tell the company, please don't make this change, you're going to be better off. It's going to be easier to pursue a constructive dismissal. But I've seen a number of cases over the years, John, where an employer and employees were able to deal themselves with the issue of changes to hours of work. So it's absolutely worth a try. And as you've said so many times on the show before, one of the pitfalls of doing absolutely nothing is acceptance, right? Yes. So what you definitely don't want to do when the terms of your employment are being changed is nothing. Okay. Yeah. I, I, my, my advice was now is, is try to resolve it with the company, but that means doing something proactive. The worst thing you can do is ignore it because if you ignore it, that is exactly as saying, yes, I agree. Yes, this is fine. Please do it again. Because that's what will happen. If you ignore a change, if you accept a change, you give the company the right to make it do it again. Except next time, it can be it can be an even bigger change. And when that happens, you won't be able to do anything about it. You won't have any legal recourse 
because you let them get away with it the first time. So that's something you cannot do ever, ever, ever when your employer tries or, or starts changing the terms of your employment. Talk to your employer. Yeah. Tell them that that's not agreeable. Tell them why it's not agreeable. And if it still happens, if the employer still goes ahead with it, that's when you get on the phone and you give me a call. By the way, that number to, uh, to contact Lior and the team, one 821 5900 You still have plenty of time to call in here tonight on this radio show to ask your questions as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. There's also email help at employmenthour.com. And I want to get to more of our list of things you can try to resolve in your workplace. But I want to get to an email since I put it out there uh, from Marco. He writes in, he said, uh, if I can just reach him here, Marco said, uh, my former employer told me that because the company has a small payroll, I'm not entitled to severance. Does that sound right? Is it right? Probably one of the top two or three misconceptions out there when it comes to severance, and that is that, that the severance is not the same or is less or doesn't even exist for people that work for companies with small payroll, that only big companies have to pay severance. Mm -hmm. Let's clear that up. That is wrong. That is false. Now, that threshold of big, uh, big payroll, small payroll may be relevant as relates to a person's minimum entitlements, but it's completely irrelevant when it comes to a person's full entitlements. So your entitlements for the most part are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment, not whether you work for a big or small company. So for Marco, no, what your employer told you is wrong. Either they themselves are you know, victims of one of this, these big misconceptions, yeah. or they're trying to get away with it. Uh, either way, that's wrong. Go to severancepaycalculator.com right now, find out how much you're owed, and for everyone listening, remember, big company, small company, it makes no difference. The amount of severance you get is the same whether you work for a huge company with thousands of employees or a mom and pop shop. The reality is the law treats these companies when it comes to severance in the exact same way. Uh, Monday night, Wednesday night, this radio show happens the weekend as well. And Employment Hour and 30 goes Saturday and Sunday mornings on CTV and Global TV. And I want to make a, make a point that hard to believe, but in a couple weeks we'll be launching into season three of our TV show, which, man, oh, man, time is flying. So if you haven't seen that, please tune into that uh, particular show. You'll learn a lot more in 30 minutes, just similar to what you do in the show and have been for the last, uh, last five years. Workplace problems you can try and resolve yourself. Uh, this one you get all the time as well. That's receiving an unfairly negative performance review of your employer. Complains that you're not doing a good job. This is probably the, the most common uh, situation that I get where I advise people, let's try to see if you can resolve it on your own. And this happens often when uh, someone is unfairly disciplined or unfairly criticized or even getting a performance review that they feel is not proper, that does not reflect what actually happened. It does not reflect the quality of work. So the worst thing that you can do if you're you know, improperly criticized, disciplined, or about performance review, the worst thing you can do is, as I said before, ignore it. You can't ignore it because ignoring it, not doing anything, it's exactly like saying, yes, I accept. Mm. Yes, I agree. So why on earth would you ever agree to something that is not agreeable? Why would you agree to something that's false? You shouldn't do that. So what do you do instead? Well, you, you, you deal with it. You respond to it. You put that in writing. You, you make sure that the company knows that uh, your position is not that this is legitimate, that they know what your position is, that they know what you say actually happened, and that they have your side of the story. 
oftentimes that helps solve the problem by by the employer learning what happened and say, oh, okay, we thought you did this. Mm-hmm. Now we understand that that's not what happened. So fine, no problem. So that could take a, a potentially difficult situation and eliminate it. That's great. But even if it doesn't, by you putting your position in writing, by you saying, here's what happened, employer, here's why I don't agree with that performance review, you're going to make it much more difficult for the company later on to rely on that performance review if they want to let you go. So so very important when it comes to uh, criticism, bad performance, anything that the company says that you did, that you disagree with, is you have to say so in writing and be respectful and, and you know you don't have to be confrontational, but it's fine to say, employer, you told me that I did this, here's what actually happened. Here's the events, here's the people that were involved, here are the dates, make sure that they know, and if you do that, yeah. many problems that you can face down the road are just gonna be eliminated. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, 1-888-225-TALK. you still got plenty of time to call in, ask your questions here until around 10 to 8 this evening till we, till we wrap it for this Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Problems that you can try and resolve yourself. We'll get to another one. Now, your employer giving you a hard time when you need to take time off for medical reasons this time. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I give some employers here the benefit of the doubt because they may uh, think that, wait a second, I mean, I, I don't have the obligation to keep a job open for an employee or, you know, he he used up his sick day, so I don't have to yeah. keep the job open. So, so employers may get confused about that. So let's be clear here that the law doesn't care how many sick days the company provides. If you're sick and you have a doctor willing to back that up, then you can be off work as long as you need to to get better. So have a discussion with your employer. Explain to them what I just said. Explain to them that you're not leaving because you want to. You're not going to be off work because you don't want to work. You're off work for medical reasons and you want to come back and you're going to keep them up to date and then you're going to inform them as to when you can come back. And most employers, are, when approached this way, are going to be understanding and they're not going to say, well, no, we're not going to let you come back to work. So if you need to be off work, get your doctor's note, have a discussion with the company, help them understand what their obligations are and that you're coming back to work. And if they still insist, no, it's not happening, we're not gonna let you go off, we're not agreeing to that, that's again, when you, you at that point, you get on the phone, you call me and I'll deal with it. And you wanna use one 821 5900 by the way, to call Lior and the team, bounce over to a uh, phone call. Hey George, good evening. Hi, how are you? Good sir, what's going on? Um, I've got a question. I, I just went into a new commission program, and the, uh, um, the, the way it was sold to us is well, the, nothing's going to change. But I found out that um, uh, something did change on, and I'm losing about $300 a month. And I, um, you know, I was, uh, I was told, I don't know if I should put it in writing to them that, you know, I wasn't happy with it. And, you know, it's different than the premises that they sold it to us on. So... Is it is it okay to put it in writing to them to say, hey, listen, you know, we signed on the premises that um, nothing was going to change, but obviously they've taken some, um, you know, some money away from us. So, George, let me help help me put this in perspective. So, three hundred bucks a month, let's call it three grand or so a year. What well what would your total compensation be? I'm trying to understand how big a hit that is as, as relates to your overall compensation. It's about it works out to about four thousand uh, dollars a month. A, I mean, a four, month, uh, four thousand dollars a year. Okay, but uh, you know, is your compensation a hundred thousand? Is it fifty thousand? Is it three hundred thousand? Oh, you mean my total overall total compensation? Yeah, it's about a um, hundred and say twenty-five. 
So, you know, here's the thing. This is, it's, it's a borderline type of change. What I mean by that is, uh, is if you're making $35,000, a $4,000 hit is huge. No question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're making 125000 it's not pleasant. No one's going to want to take a $4,000 hit. Believe me, of course. But it's also not as big a deal in terms of a percentage of your salary. So this is the type of change that they just may be able to squeak by uh, in terms of making it legal. Now, the fact that they said to you that nothing's going to change makes this not right, but it probably doesn't give you any legal recourse. So, yes, you can tell them your concerns and maybe there's something that could be worked out here. But at the end of the day, if they say, well, you know, sorry, George, we're still going to go ahead with this and, and you're going to lose that that four grand a year, it probably doesn't rise quite to the level of a constructive dismissal because the change, even though again, not fun, and, and I understand why you'd be upset, uh, probably not as significant. Are they allowed to take accounts away from you just because you're earning um, commission on and they feel that maybe uh, you've earned them too long and it's time to uh, you know, give them back to the company? Well, they they can't do that if it impacts your compensation in a significant way. So okay. if they do that, and because of that, now I'm taking a hit. Now, you know, instead of 125, I'm making 95 grand because they took those accounts. No, no, no. They can't do that. If they do yeah. that, but it doesn't really have an impact on your compensation, it's not going to reduce your compensation. Maybe because they replaced it with other accounts, then again, it, it's you're kind of breaking even. So uh, it probably is not illegal. Yeah, because like uh, you know, you take this away from me now, and then you take a few more away from me, uh, you know, next month or three months from now, and a few more. I mean, it all adds up, right? Yes. And then it becomes a significant part of my compensation. Once it starts, so so what I would do is right now put that in writing that you're not comfortable with them changing the terms of your compensation, terms of okay. employment. And because yeah. at some point, if it does become significant, you're on the record as already saying no, and then you may be able to do something. So, yes, put mm-hmm. that in writing. Make sure okay. that it's clear. Again, you don't have to be a confrontational about it. You could just be very simple and direct. Uh, yeah. And if it starts impact you significantly kind of in the pocketbook, then you give me a call because at that point, it absolutely could be a constructive dismissal. Yeah, because yeah, um, uh, I, I know I've, I've probably taken up a lot of your time, but um, the other thing is that a couple of years ago, I did sign. Uh, I've got uh, quite a few years with the company, over 30 years. And so they had to sign a, um, you know, limit of liability, um, a new contract to limit their uh, exposure to liability. So I, I would want to obviously see that document. So, you know, because we're yeah. running out of time, why sure, don't you sure. send me a copy? I can review it. And I can tell you what it means and if it changes anything and if it gives the company rights that it wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah, for sure. We'll do. Thanks, George. Appreciate that. That number as we uh, wrap it up here for another evening, one 821 5900 That's to get a hold of Lior and the firm and simply help at employmenthour.com. And always, always, always check before you sign anything with that severance offer, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Monday night, Wednesday night, the weekend shows here on Global News Radio. And, of course, the uh, Employment Hour in 30 happens Saturday and Sunday mornings on Global TV and CTV, respectively. Check those out as well. Back with Alex Pearson on point right here on Global News Radio.